Public service announcement. I have just temporarily closed the doors to Lifestyle Business School. If you are a current or aspiring expertise-based business that has a business, courses, coaching, masterminds, where you are divorcing your value from your time, or that is the business model that you want, you likely know that Lifestyle Business School is the program that I have been tirelessly working on over the last six months to build out six comprehensive playbooks, which basically lay out the entire path. It has everything from business model design to offer creation, to back-end delivery, to driving traffic, live launch campaigns, automated campaigns, everything you could possibly need to start or grow a leveraged expertise-based business to the lifestyle business sweet spot. Now, never fear because we've only temporarily closed the doors and we have added a wait list. So if you head to lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, pop your name on the wait list and you are going to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out, which is super exciting. And all of the exciting changes that we have made to the program as well, which we will share in due course. But in order to get the special VIP bonuses, when we do open the door, I want you to go and pop your name on the wait list now. So that is going to be lifestylebusiness.school forward slash join, put your name on the wait list, and you will be the first to be notified when we open up the doors with everything built out with a lot of exciting changes and with pretty much the best deal under the sun. All right, let's get into today's podcast episode. In this episode, we're talking life, mindset, and marketing lessons from a year in business. That's right. It's my first business birthday. If you've got big business dreams, but you're feeling stuck when it comes to all things social media, digital, and content marketing, this is the podcast for you. And if you like free stuff, well, I've got you sorted there as well. Head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash little black book to steal all of my social media secrets. You're listening to the Talk Social To Me podcast by Stevie Says Social. particularly excited today because I'm recording this podcast the day before you hear it, which means that it is currently the 19th of November. And the 19th of November is a pretty special day. It's my birthday. But not only that, it is my business birthday. A year ago, I started Stevie Says Social. A year ago, this business came to life. So it is a big day, a double whammy for celebrations. It also marks the first day of a brand new direction for Stevie Says Social as a brand and one that I have slowly been steering towards for a little while now and which marks a bigger focus on education and training for small business, which you would probably already know about. Now, I have been working incredibly hard behind the scenes for several months on a number of different things related to this, and I'm so proud that I'm now, as of today, you've probably already seen it, but I'm able to share some of my new brand with you and my new offerings with you. My new online home, so steviesayssocial.com, is now live. Check it out. It is 
honestly pretty smoking hot if I do say so myself. Now, before we dive into this podcast, I just have to remind you because it's not even a week away now, this Sunday, I will be releasing my social media bootcamp online training series and it is honestly a complete game changer. I am quite literally giving you my entire roadmap for social media success, the whole damn thing. You're going to want to sign up steviesayssocial.com forward slash bootcamp to do that if you haven't already. Anyway, enough about me banging on. Well, actually, it's going to be me for the whole podcast episode. So, you know, just deal with it. <laughs> Let's talk about today's podcast, though. With the first birthday and with my birthday, it's kind of made me reflect a little bit. So this episode is a mix of life, mindset and marketing lessons. I actually feel that it's a really interesting time of year at the moment because there's a lot of people around me that are celebrating their first business birthday at the moment. And what that obviously means is that there were a lot of businesses that were started this time last year. So I don't know, something about spring and new beginnings. And I just love this time of year. It's, you know, when the jacarandas come out in Brisbane and It's always for me, obviously, it's when I started my business and I met my partner Jules a few years ago at this time of year. It's always represented a really kind of significant event in my life and a turning point, a time of change. And I also love that this time of year kind of represents the good months as well, or at least for me, I love summer. I love all of the fun times and things just feel a little bit lighter. So what I'm trying to say with my ramblings is that spring kind of brings new beginnings and I feel like it's really the perfect time for change. So if there's anyone out there that is kind of listening to this and is thinking of starting a business, I really hope that this episode inspires you to go for it. Given that there's never a perfect time, maybe now is the season and it certainly has been for many of us celebrating our first birthday at the moment. Now, for my business friends that are also celebrating year number one, a huge congratulations because, my gosh, it is hard work. (laughs) People see the good times, people see the wins, people see, you know, the two-month staycations in Bali and they see all of the Instagram highlights. But what they don't see is that most of us have worked harder this past year than we probably ever have in our lives. They don't see the late nights. They don't see the self-doubt. They don't see the time that we have away from our friends and our family. And, you know, there's a lot of sacrifices that come with doing something that we genuinely love. I can honestly say that I wouldn't have it any other way. And I know that many of you will share this sentiment, but holy cow, the hustle is real. So it got me thinking when I was putting together some notes for this episode, why it is that we do it. So for me, starting a business has been for freedom ultimately. And the fact that I couldn't look myself in the eye if I hadn't finally plucked up the courage to chase my bloody dreams. I saw a quote going around from, it was either Ashton Kutcher or Jim Carrey, both kind of interesting people to come up with inspirational quotes. But it said that you can fail at something that you don't want. So you may as well take a risk on something that you love. And honestly, when I saw that, I was like, yes, this is exactly what drives me. 
for me, it's kind of that freedom to do what I want and to live to my highest potential, I guess, and genuinely kind of make myself proud. Starting a business that allows me to live a life on my own terms and do something that I genuinely love and I'm genuinely passionate about, along with kind of the ability to achieve at the same time is really the holy grail for me. And I can't believe that I'm actually doing it. (laughs) Now, I will say that there is highs and there is lows and there is everything in between. So what I thought might be useful would be to sum up the past year, some insights into some of the big things that drive me and the biggest lessons that I have learned from a year in business. Some of this is professional and some of it is really personal as well. And at the end of the day, I just don't think that you can separate the two. Without the personal sides of my path so far, I really wouldn't be here doing this now. And that is kind of plain and simple. So I thought that in this podcast episode, it would be important to share that side of it as well. So here it is, my life mindset and marketing lessons from a year in business. Now I'm going to start with where I was a year and six weeks ago. And that was sitting in my office cubicle, sweating bullets. So I had about five minutes until a meeting that I had scheduled with my boss to quit my job. And I was madly Googling how to resign from your job on good terms. I had no idea how I was going to pluck up the courage to get the words out of my mouth. And I was kind of just desperately hoping that, I don't know, Google might have some answers for me. This is the thing. This is what I want you to understand. At that time, I had a really good job and I was earning pretty decent money. And I had actually left another career in law a few years earlier, and it had taken me some serious time, serious dedication, and serious commitment to finally move back up the ranks in a completely different industry and to snag a senior marketing management position that I actually quite liked. Now, leaving the security of something that was good and comfortable again, I wasn't sure if I was completely crazy. So I Googled it to check and no, it seemed I wasn't. All of the articles that I read were like, you know, be prepared, make sure that you save money in advance, make sure that you, you know, set yourself up for client work ahead of time. And I had ticked all of those things off, but At the end of the day, none of what I was thinking and none of this whole resignation thing for me was about the practicality of it. I get the importance of doing your due diligence and I get the importance of backing yourself and getting your ducks in a row, but at the end of the day, at least for me, it all came back down to the fact that if I didn't jump, so if I didn't leave my job and go out on my own and try to build something that I was really damn proud of, I would always have wondered. And that ultimately wasn't a position that I wanted to be in. I felt like I owed myself more. Now, before I tell you how it all turned out, and you probably already know because you're sitting here listening to this podcast of me not at my job anymore, I thought I might first give you some background and some insight into how this all came to be in the first place. So, 
a month earlier, my boyfriend Jules and I had been traveling around Europe. And for three weeks, we had really had a hard life. We had been sailing through Croatia on a yacht. We'd spent hot nights sipping red wine in Rome. And, you know, we'd partied in Eos. And I was a week away from being proposed on the water overlooking the sunset in Santorini. And it was, you know, quite possibly the most romantic moment ever. It was the first time since backpacking around the world 10 years earlier that I had truly felt free. So I didn't feel stressed. I wasn't resenting Monday. And with the time that I had away from kind of my everyday life, I guess, and out of the routine of, you know, that everyday living that you do... I'd really started to think about whether the life that I was living was the one that I had imagined for myself. So one day while I was sipping limoncello (laughs) um, in an orange sunbed, I think it was, overlooking Positano, and I know that that sounds completely exaggerated, but it's true, I realized that I wasn't. Like I realized that I wasn't living my life that I had kind of imagined for myself. I realized that my life was good and there were so many things to be grateful for, don't get me wrong, but there were some aspects where I wasn't fulfilled. I had a job that I didn't dislike, but I also didn't feel like I was learning or growing. And ultimately that was on me, not on the place that I was working because they gave me every opportunity to do so. My days were fine but I also kind of felt like I was living Groundhog Day pretty much every single day, which would be awesome if I was hanging out, I don't know, in Bali or something, but in a small kind of dark cubicle going there every day, not so much. And it wasn't that I hated it, but I also didn't have the freedom to do things differently, even if I had wanted to. And ultimately, what it came down to is that my time was not my own. And I know that that's normal to have, you know, a nine to five job to get paid every fortnight, you know, to spend your nights on the couch and doing it all again the next day. Like, I'm not saying that, you know, I was better than that, but I just felt like for me, I felt like something was missing. And that day in Positano, I decided that no matter what it took, I would make a big change, which is like super easy to say after a few limoncellos in the sun on a holiday in Europe, right? And a lot harder to actually execute when you're back in your cubicle in Brisbane, waiting for your resignation meeting, unsure whether you're shivering because the office's air conditioning is Arctic or because your nerves are rattling so damn much. Now, I have done a lot of research in the months since making that big decision because it kind of feels like I am the exception rather than the rule. And let me just say again, I'm not saying that quitting your job and diving into the unknown is for everybody. It's not. And for those that love what they do and they love their life, then kudos to you. That is what everyone should be striving for. My point, though, is that there are so many people in the position where they don't love what they're doing. They accept mediocre in not just their jobs, but their relationships and their circumstances and their life and whatever else it is. What I have learned from my research has really stuck with me. I have discovered that 
big decisions that require boatloads of courage and really stepping into uncertainty usually only ever come about in two situations. So number one is when the pain of staying put, so doing nothing, outweighs the pain of change, so doing something and upsetting the status quo. And then the other one is after a significant and usually negative life event. So I think it's important to acknowledge this because I think it's true, even though I wish that it wasn't. I think the fact that it takes something bad happening in your life or that it takes waiting so long that it's unbearable to maintain the status quo before making a big decision to improve your life really genuinely makes me sad, even though for me, it is certainly the case. Now, The only silver lining that I have received from the worst thing that has ever happened to me in my whole entire life, which was losing my dad, uh, was the perspective that it gave me on life. For better or for worse, it's probably been the biggest factor that has impacted my major decisions over the past few years because it was the biggest slap in the face reminder that life is so very short and often unfair. I'm not going to obviously go into too much detail about it because I will cry, but losing my dad was something that happened really suddenly. He literally went for a paddle ski on the lake at Burley one day and, you know, he left the house and I was 27. I was living with my mum and dad and mum and I joked when he left that, you know, it was the first time that he'd used a paddle ski since last summer. And I remember writing as my Facebook status Uh, that morning that it was just the perfect autumn day. And two hours later, the police were kind of coming up our driveway and let us know that he had passed away. And just like that, life as I knew it at that time was over. And I spent a few years after that pretty lost. I almost pretended that it didn't happen because it was easier for me that way. And I drank a lot and I partied a lot and everyone said how much fun I was. And I thought I was having fun too, but in retrospect, I just made a lot of silly decisions and I wasted a lot of time with a hangover. So over those few years, I also lost two more very close friends. My friend Maria was diagnosed with glandular fever and by the time they realised that it was blood cancer, it was too late and we flew to her funeral in New Zealand a few days later. My friend Trent got married to his beautiful wife and four weeks later he went for a surf and he died suddenly while he was in the water. They were both in their mid-30s. So If you had told me a few years ago that those three amazing people who were all more full of life than most people I knew would no longer be here, I just would have stared at you and not believed you and neither would they. So for my dad and also for my friends, I'm so sad that they didn't get to do the one thing that we all thought that we were entitled to, which was to live a really long and healthy life. And it's not fair and it's hard to talk about, so most people don't. At the end of the day, we all think we've got a whole heap of time, but we were never promised that. And so the reason why I have mentioned this here is that it was the catalyst that ultimately, after a lot of years for me of feeling really lost and like my security blanket had been ripped out from under me, really pushed me over the edge to stop kind of living an okay life and to really start pushing as hard as I possibly could for an amazing one. I owed it to my dad and my friends and I owed it to myself. 
And I feel like I've said it already, but the only silver lining that comes from any kind of loss is the perspective that it gives you on life. It really opens your eyes and it really drives you. And anyone that has lost somebody close to them would probably know what I mean. And so long story short, I did end up resigning and my boss was very understanding. I plucked up the courage. I told him and he was great about it, obviously. There's plenty of other marketing managers out there. It's so funny how big you make something in your head and how it ends up not being so big at all. And I started that business, which is this business, the one that I had always dreamt of having. And that was the very beginning. So a year on, I'm still a business baby, but I have learnt a lot. So let me go through a little bit of the evolution of Stevie Says Social because it certainly was not a business to begin with. So even though I resigned just under a year ago last year, it really actually all started on New Year's Eve 2016, 2017. And that night I was in bed by 9pm and I just kind of thought to myself, who the bloody hell am I? Even though secretly it kind of felt good in a kind of smug ha-ha way to finally be that sensible grown-up person that I'd heard people who were entering their 30s were supposed to be. And thanks to my early bedtime, I woke up on New Year's Day completely hangover free for the first time in my adult life. And if that wasn't a sign of great things to come, then I really don't know what was. So that morning, Jules, my partner and I got up early and we went for a walk. And by a walk, I mean a walk and a really condescending smirk fest at all of the strugglers coming home from the valley in Brisbane, because even though that was me last year, it didn't matter because I was so grown up now. (laughs) Um, And I was kind of at a loss when I got home. So with no hangover, I had no need to grab a family feast kind of KFC box and nap the afternoon away. And considering that's what everyone I knew was doing, I was actually really bored. So I dug out my journal, which in recent years I had only ever written in when life was dealing me complete lemons. And reading back on it, I was like, my gosh, this is a depressing journal. It's time to turn this around. And I was feeling really positive positive and happy that day. So I wrote down four things on a scrap of paper in that diary. And they were literally just things that I thought might be nice to tick off as goals uh, in the future at some stage. So they weren't smart goals. I didn't do a vision board. They certainly didn't have timeframes or action steps. They were just four things on a scrap of paper. And I have still got that scrap of paper. I'm actually going to put a screenshot of that note, uh, little note to myself on the show notes for this episode at steviesayssocial.com. So go and check those out. Yeah, I just kind of thought that I might, you know, give this goals thing a go. And it's so funny because every single thing that I wrote down on that scrap of paper came to fruition last year. And the four things that I wrote down were to buy a house or to buy townhouses, to get engaged, which really was out of my hands, but I had it down as a goal of mine, to start a blog and to start a business. And I had written social media next to that. So let's just stick to the business things for now. 
On the afternoon of the 1st of January, I registered a domain name for steviesayssocial.com and then I decided that it was a pretty crappy name. So I chewed Jules's ear off for like a month or so about whether I should call it the social service or social honey, what the hell. And in the end, I just decided to stick with Stevie Says Social, obviously. Then I opened a Canva account and I played with a logo for way too long. I'm going to put an example of the first version of the logo that I came up with in the show notes as well. It is one of the ugliest things I have ever seen and I created it. What the hell? And then I got a Squarespace website and I built the ugliest, crappiest website ever with red all over it before realizing how ugly it was and starting with another one. Then I kind of ran with that for about six months. And then I wrote a blog post and then I wrote another blog post and then I wrote another blog post and literally every weekend for a few months after a full week of work while all of my friends were out having fun, I would spend my time writing these epic 3000 word blog posts about social media and uploading them onto the site. I don't know whatever kind of uh, encouraged me to do that or why I decided to start, but I just did and nobody read them. I opened social media accounts and nobody followed me to begin with. I remember doing an Insta story in David Jones one day and not a single soul watched it. And I know because I checked about 27 times, but I kept going. And it wasn't until the second quarter of the year that a few people started kind of following along in a much more engaged way. And a little bit later in the year again, that I managed to get kind of any level of, you know, minor success with it. In July, my social media blog started gaining some traction and people started asking what my services were and I didn't have any. I was like, services? What the hell? That was forever away in my mind. In the meantime, I was gearing up for a month in Europe in August, which I had spent forever saving for. And we already know what happened whilst I was there. So I came back from Europe on cloud nine after getting engaged, having a lot of time to think and then deciding to make the blog a real business. And we've already kind of chatted about that a little bit. I also came back to a zillion client inquiries from my blog. So I had started doing a few side jobs before I left and What happened while I was away is that the level of inquiry grew really randomly by a lot in September and October. And so that's when I sat down with kind of clammy hands in my boss's office and decided to resign, all the while thinking, what the hell am I thinking? After it was official, I made it my goal to launch at the start of November last year with a full roster of clients. I couldn't afford not to, and as luck and months of blogging and building an audience would have it, it actually ended up taking only one post on social media, and I immediately had all of the work that I needed. So, At this stage, what I decided to do was to structure myself differently to other social media marketers. So rather than having a full roster of clients, which I knew would burn me out because I knew how much of a perfectionist I was when it came to social media and what a limited uh, client load I could take when it was just me in those circumstances, I decided to work exclusively one-on-one at a time with basically doing a social media strategy for two weeks for one client, 
training them on how to implement it themselves and then moving on to the next. So this meant that I wasn't overloaded with work and I was able to book my calendar out a couple of months in advance, a few months in advance. And quite literally, that's what I continued to do until August this year. I even managed to spend two months living and working in Bali throughout the Aussie winter this year using this structure, which was pretty damn cool. Let's rewind though, because I haven't yet spoken about the biggest game changer in my business so far, which is this podcast. So in January this year, I started to get a little bit tired of missing my weekends and writing these epic 3000 word blog posts every single week. As a complete podcast junkie, I decided that perhaps starting one would be the way to go. I had no idea where to start and I don't know what it is about January 1, but on January 1 this year, I Googled how to start a podcast. Seriously, like I have Google to thank for so many things and I spent the day on YouTube watching tutorials and trying to work out how to set one up. That decision, hands down, is one of the very best I have ever made. Every single week since January, so with a month break obviously ahead of this newly branded Talk Social to Me Name Changed podcast, I have recorded, edited and released a podcast on a different aspect of social media and I have interviewed people who are doing great things with their business and with their digital. And every single week since then, I have had hundreds and now thousands of people listening to the podcast. Just last week, I think it surpassed about 70,000 downloads and the impact that it's had on my business is exceptional. So no longer am I just another social media marketer competing on price with hundreds of others out there. I attract a different caliber of client. People contact me ready to work with me rather than price shopping. And once again, almost a year later, I kind of got to the point a little while ago where I found myself with more work than I knew what to do with. Only this time I was able to charge what I was worth because people had listened to the podcast and they knew that I knew my stuff. And guys, if you're listening to this and you're all inspired and you're thinking that starting a podcast might be a good idea for your business too, head over to steviesayssocial.com slash podcast freebie now to download a cheat sheet with all of the tools that I use to get set up and which I still use now. Anyway, that brings me to now. Well, it brings me to two months ago, actually. So as with any business, it's pretty important to adapt and evolve as you go. And so what happened for me a couple of months ago, when the demand for my services really started to escalate, I knew that it was kind of time to grow up. And so for me, that meant some big decisions. With the increase in demand, it was either time to kind of potentially expand my service-based business to be more than just me and the few contractors that I had helping me. And that was something that if I had listened to those around me, absolutely the answer would be yes to go down the agency path. But for me, it just didn't feel right at that particular time. So at least not yet. I do have something up my sleeve in this respect, but it's still under wraps. Instead, my decision really meant kind of listening to my heart and thinking about the reasons why I decided to start a business in the first place. I am obsessed with digital marketing and I am obsessed with social media. So there is no doubt about that. 
But what I've discovered over the past year is that there is a real demand for really good quality education for those small businesses that are DIYing their social media. And when I say good quality, I mean teaching the real kind of foundations and the entire framework for success. Success on social media comes down to much more than simply hashtag strategy. There needs to be basic marketing principles, branding, sales funnels, traffic, alongside social media traffic, and it's sorely, sorely needed. And I just didn't see anyone focusing focusing on it. And so that brings me to the Stevie Says Social of today. As I've already hinted about several times over the last few uh, weeks, I have spent the last couple of months and actually longer really obsessing over the creation of an eight-part complete social media success course. I have just launched the social shop on my website, which is going to be a complete resource library of templates, resources, checklists, the whole deal to make your social life easier. And there's already a whole heap of templates on there ready and waiting to go. I've put my money where my mouth is and I've committed to a complete rebrand with Stevie Says Social finally growing up. And there's more too with a full suite of products and promotions pretty much mapped out six months in advance. So that's my story, which is really only just beginning. And a year after resignation, I could not be more excited about the future. Things are good and crazy and good. And with the evolution of everything that's already happened and with much of it still to come... What I thought I'd do is just wrap up this podcast episode with a few top lessons and takeaways because I feel like I can talk about my path, but I think it's more useful when I give you the top learnings that I have had over the past year. So number one, and I have spoken about this in its very own podcast episode before, but it's just to start. So for those people that aren't yet in business or if you're in business, but you're kind of laboring over whether to go to the next level, you really just need to do it. And the way that you do it is literally doing anything related to your goals. So I said that, you know, when I wanted to start a business, I started by writing one blog post. And, you know, it's the same as if you want to, I don't know, lose 10 kilos, you start with one push up. And if you want to, make $10,000 or save $10,000 and you start by opening a savings account and banking $20. My point here is that no matter how small, just starting is the thing and it all counts. And the funny thing about momentum is that it just keeps going. What I find is that it's really easy to get stuck in this cycle of researching and talking about doing something, but never getting around to actually doing it. So just start is my first learning. Number two is to commit to being the best. So one thing that has set me apart, I hope, from other social media marketers is that I am obsessed with learning everything I possibly can. In every single industry, there are plenty of okay people, right? There are people that do okay. They hum along and they win some jobs and they pay the bills. But I truly believe that in order to really gain momentum in anything that you do, you need to be the best. And for me, that means committing to learning all the time. Seriously, if you knew the amount of podcasts that I listen to, articles that I read, events that I go to, 
things that I do to up-level my knowledge and education in the area of digital and social, you would call me the world's biggest geek town. My partner Jules does. His nickname for me is Little Nerd, but you've got to do it. If you want to be the best, you need to put in the work to be the best, and that means continually learning. Number three is that Building an audience before I launched was the best thing that I did. And I did it completely by accident. So when I decided to start that social media blog at the start of last year and to commit to writing 3,000 word blog posts every single week, like what was I thinking, little nerd? (laughs) I didn't think that it would be a pre-launch strategy for my business, right? But it turns out that it was the best pre-launch strategy that I could ever have employed. By sharing my knowledge, I grew an audience by accident and they were approaching me to work with them before I had even considered that it might be a business so soon. So there are two lessons here. Number one, if you think that you might want to start a business at some stage, start by sharing your knowledge in the field that you will eventually work in. You really never know where it could lead and the benefit of doing it before you officially kick off is that you have time to suck. Honestly, I look back at some of the things that I wrote at the beginning of last year, and I am horrified. It gives you the leeway to get better. So you hit the start line as a new kind of improved version of your warm-up self. And number two, if you know that you're going to start a business, adopt a pre-launch strategy. Warm your audience up intentionally. Open your social media accounts. Start providing valuable information and building momentum. It will stop you from launching on day one to crickets. Now, my fourth learning or piece of advice or whatever you would call it from my first year in business is not to quit your job without a nest egg. Starting a service-based business is one of the least expensive startups out there. But with that said, there are still a lot of expenses that I didn't account for. Public liability insurance, financial advice, legal bills, recurring online subscriptions that really add up. And if you don't have a pillow to support you, even if you are covering your previous salary from day one with your business income, as I was, it will play games with your peace of mind. When I decided to jump, I knew that I had a really considerable sum behind me to support me in the event that something had gone wrong. Now, I've not needed it yet, but knowing that it was there has been a complete game changer. It's meant that I haven't panicked and I haven't taken on work that wasn't a right fit. It's allowed me to take the time that I needed to create online offerings, something that I wouldn't have been able to create the space in my client schedule to do otherwise. It has allowed me to invest in training, education, and resources to help me up-level. And never once have I woken up at night worrying about how I would pay the bills. Guys, grind it out, save your dollars, reduce your living expenses, and make the jump when you're financially comfortable to do so. It is not the sexiest advice, but trust me, the stress of not having the resources to cover yourself on top of the stresses associated with new business life would just railroad most of it, and it's not worth the loss in your sanity. So number five, do more of what you love. So what do I mean by this? It's huge for me. So I started a business to feel passionate and inspired about what I do, right? 
One of the easiest ways not to feel like that is to start a business or take on work that doesn't make you feel that way. So it seems pretty obvious, but this for me has been more difficult than I had anticipated it to be. When you start to build momentum with your business, you'll start to receive bigger and better inquiries. And here's the golden rule here, right? Don't say yes to things that don't light you up. Sure, it's not always possible, but here is the thing. When you are first starting out and it is just you, you have limited time and you have finite resources. So every yes to one thing is a no to something else. And do you know what happens? Every damn time you say yes to something that doesn't light you up, you seem to get the dream offer a day later and you no longer have the capacity to accept it. It's happened to me several times. The lesson here is to know your ideal client and to beam out messages to attract them in all of your marketing. The better you get at this, the more dream clients you attract and the less difficult it is to filter out the others, I suppose. And so a bonus tip, and I'm not sure if these are tips or learnings, I've kind of confused myself here, but I do want to include this one, and it is that you have got to risk it to get the biscuit. This is what I have learned. If you don't try, how on earth will you ever know? Now, I could have decided to play it safe and stay in corporate. I didn't. It paid off, but my God, I didn't know whether it would at the time. I could have played it safe and decided not to put together my upcoming online education offerings. I don't know if they'll be picked up. I hope so. And I know that they're amazing, but I don't know. But if you don't try, you'll never know. Do it. Whatever it is for you, I bet there's something that comes to mind when I say just do it. And I think another brand has probably trademarked that particular line, smart cookies, but just bloody do it. You've got to take risks in order to get the things that you really want in life. And that is my biggest learning from the last year. So there you have it, guys. I am a year in. I am still a business baby, but I am much further along than I was last year. For others in business, I hope you related to some of this. For those thinking about starting out, I hope it inspires you and I haven't scared you off. So happy first birthday to me. Happy actual birthday to me. Now, as a birthday present, I would be super stoked if you would head over to iTunes and leave me a review. I'm a simple gal. I don't need the presents. Just jump into your iTunes app and scroll down and leave a rating and leave a review as well. And make sure just before I sign off, if you haven't already signed up for the free social media bootcamp online training yet, what are you waiting for? It's less than a week away. Head to steviesayssocial.com forward slash bootcamp to do that now. Guys, this was a little bit of a deviation from my normal social media advice. I would love to know what you thought of this particular episode. Send me an Instagram DM, post it on your stories, do whatever you got to do to get in touch with me, but Instagram's the best way to go about it. And until next time, I'm probably going to head off down to probably Rickshaws, which is a beautiful bar overlooking the beach in Burley and have a nice glass of wine in celebration of my birthday. So I'll see you later. 
This podcast is proudly supported by ConvertKit. Social media is great and all, but newsflash, we don't own our followers, the algorithms are constantly changing, and you don't sell on social. All reasons why I always recommend email marketing as an important step in every social media strategy. ConvertKit is the email marketing software that I use and love within my own business. And to support the podcast, the folks over at ConvertKit are offering a free 30-day trial to talk social to me listeners. Head over to steviesayssocial.com forward slash convertkit to sign up now.